The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch, and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, we're reviewing the Super Mario Brothers movie, so I'm joined by the only logical choice for the episode. Welcome to the show, the host of the House of Mario, Drew Agnew. G'day, how are you going Jamie? Thank you very much for having me on the show. My pleasure, there was only, only really one option to jump in and record this one with me. <laughs> yeah, it, it suits quite well, I'm a big Nintendo fan so, you know, big opportunity when a Mario movie comes out. It's been the first time in over 25 years so let's make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's almost 30 years to the, the month or something I believe, something like that. It's very close. It's been that long, has it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the first movie came out before I was born, I, I believe. So, yeah, I've only watched that one just um, making making fun of it type of thing. This one was a little bit different. Actually paid paid money to go and watch this one. Uh, didn't pay money for the last one. I know that. I found it on the dregs of the, of the internet somewhere. This one was worth the money, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Before we dive into our sort of deeper review... Drew, do you want to introduce yourself, the House of Mario, and sort of tell our audience a little bit about what your favourite movie and TV show are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do a Nintendo podcast called The House of Mario. It's about all things Nintendo, not just Mario, but obviously uh, the Mario franchise is a big part of what Nintendo is. It's within their DNA, so that comes up quite a lot. And uh, we talk about everything from the latest games to classic games to the latest news have a bunch of fun doing it along the way and been really looking forward to this movie it's just really cool to see nintendo just in a completely different light but as far as my favorite movie and tv show tv shows you know i enjoy it like a lot of like comedy stuff like you know scrubs really enjoyed that but just just recently the last of us really enjoyed the last of us one of my favorite games so seeing that as a TV show was absolutely fantastic. I know you covered each episode uh, one by one on this very show, so that was great to see. And um, favorite movie would be The Greatest Showman. I really love that movie. That um, moved me quite a lot back in 2017. I went to the cinema to go and see that, and I cried, actually. I cried <laughs> just uh, watching it. I really loved that that movie. It's such a great uh, musical with um, Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron and just an amazing cast. and. Amazing soundtrack. Just uh, I still listen to it to this day, just on Apple Apple Music all the time. Good choices, and what a uh, what a time for game fans with adaptations at the moment. Oh, absolutely. We've had a not a great run, but I think um, you know two of my favourite games have got an absolutely fantastic representation for a brand new audience that will hopefully get to sit down and enjoy them just as much as me. So onto the movie. The Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, 2023 computer animated adventure based on the Nintendo Mario franchise. 
and really Nintendo as a whole, like watching this felt like an absolute love letter to Nintendo as a whole. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I think, um, I, th- I think that's why I liked it so much and I'm not sure what somebody else who isn't familiar with all of that lore and all that would get out of it because I think it, it comes down to being like a very family friendly kids movie whereas a lot of that would just be sort of over everyone's head. And um, the story you're left with is, you know, your typical Mario story where you've got to try and, well, defeat Bowser, which, you know, isn't like the strongest premise for a story, but it's more about the adventure and how you get there, I think. But um, I guess just before we start too, like what's your history with um, like the Mario series? Where are you coming at this movie from? Uh, so I'm not like a hardcore dedicated Nintendo player like yourself, but I have mm-hmm. been playing Mario. Mario was the first ever game I played. Yep. So we had the NES cartridge, plug that in, played. Nice, nice, yeah. Mario 1, played that, and then, then we got the Super Nintendo, and I got the, the cartridge with like three or four Mario games on it. Oh, Mario All-Stars, yeah. Yeah, one of the best compilations. Yeah, that one. So I, I played through a played through a bunch of the different ones there, and then and then I kind of dropped off because we didn't get the GameCube. We switched over to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like everyone did. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but then I I came back to it with the uh, Switch, the Odyssey. Mario Odyssey was nice. Yeah, my reintroduction to Mario and the much more sort of open world. Mario formats. Yeah, nice. And enjoyed that one? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I played played through it all, collected almost all of the stars. I think there were a few where I was like, I cannot for the life of me work out how I need to get up there. Yeah, some of them were a bit tricky. Some of it was just right in your face and other ones were like, all right, I need a guide or, you know, a little bit of help. This is a bit too yep. obtuse for my little brain to work out what you want me to do. And then sort of going into this movie, what were you thinking after seeing sort of those first trailers and I guess even before that, seeing this cast list. Yeah, <laughs> the cast list was funny, but before, I guess before we get there, just I was just hoping for a, just seeing the Mario world just fully animated, just brought to life on the big screen. I didn't really have too many expectations because when it comes to movies and that, I, I kind of grab my popcorn, grab my Maltesers, my large Coke, and I just want to be entertained. I don't um, think about them a whole lot. I've, uh, I've, I've got a friend who basically is a, is a film buff, and I'm like, yeah, that was, that was a good movie, and he'll say, no, that was awful. <laughs> so I'm pretty easy to, uh, <laughs> to you know, satisfy when it comes, comes to movies. So when it, when, it, when it came to Mario, just I think it, all, all I wanted was to see a bunch of Easter eggs, see what Mario's like on the big screen, and, um, you know, that, that was largely what we got. But like with with the casting, it was funny because we, when we got the first information, all, all of the characters in the Mushroom Kingdom they don't have voices. You know, Charles Martinet, he just go woohoo, yahoo! Like he makes those those types of sounds, but there's no fully voice acted roles within the Mushroom Kingdom. So it was interesting once we got sort of information that you know Chris Pratt was playing the lead role as Mario, and um, you know all, all of the other cast members were um, cast as well, and. After watching the movie and hearing a lot of uh, sort of the criticism for, you know, maybe some of the voice actors, I think, like, especially Chris Pratt, I think a lot of people owe him an apology. He did a fantastic job as Mario. And 
when I was watching the movie, I never thought oh, I can hear Chris Pratt or I feel like this is Guardians of the Galaxy, but um, I'm seeing Mario on the screen. There was uh, sort of none of that, and uh, I think that's pretty impressive. But I guess, yeah, what, what did you think of all the casting and what expectations did you, did you have for the movie? When we first got that casting list at the Nintendo Direct, I believe was the first time we saw it, mm. I was very anti-Chris Pratt. I was... <laughs> Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> I was expecting that to be the big hang up for the movie. And there were definitely still moments where I, I heard the Chris Pratt voice come through, but I did enjoy the way that they quickly sort of were a little bit self-deprecating and mm. gave us a reason for him not having the, the very stereotypical Italian Charles Martinet accent. So yeah, I think by dispelling that, that issue quite quickly, that let me sort of just absorb it and take in the movie for what it was rather than constantly be thinking, why is he not speaking with an Italian accent? Yeah, because it, it, it would have been um, maybe a little bit much if it's all right, just do what Charles Martinet does because he is just so good at what he does for that particular voice and bringing that character to life in the video games. And you know, Charles Martinet, he started his role with Super Mario 64 and that was a Nintendo 64 game that didn't have the the memory on the cartridge to fit in like fully voiced lines. So it is, was very much just um, doing the, the voice for the triple jumps, the long jumps, the wall jumps and all <laughs> that to sort of bring that into the gameplay and just to copy that and do it as like full sentences. Yeah. It just wouldn't have worked. So what they did here was really good. And even at the start of the movie, they did do, you know, a bit of a joke, um, you know, just straight off the bat, just to sort of, you know, haha for us um, big Nintendo fans, but um, yeah won't say what that was, but I think anybody watching it would have went, would have got a bit of a laugh out of that. And I think too, if they had sort of gone, yeah, Chris, do a, do a stereotypical Italian accent for the entire movie in sort of the modern day, I don't know how well that would have gone down as well. So I'm glad they just mm. quickly pushed that aside. I'm like, okay, this is just, this is what this movie is. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have gone down too well. And even just, uh, Regardless of that, it would have got, you know, grating just with like the full energy that Mario brings, just going, mm -hmm. just doing his full line. So, yeah, I, I think uh, they all did a great job, you know, Jack Black as well. And Jack Black was probably the one character where I could just hear Jack Black, but that's fine. I, I really enjoyed Jack Black. <laughs> and uh, seeing see, uh, his voice come out of Bowser and even like some of the, the very Jack Black things um, he's known for just basically coming out of Bowser where, you know, you expect from like School of Rock or something. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. You got to laugh out of me. And it's it's almost like a fourth wall thing, just like you're laughing at um, the fact that it's coming out of that particular actor rather than like the character Bowser himself. So there's a lot of sort of jokes you can laugh at just because you're a Mario fan or a fan of like the certain actors that, uh, yeah, but I don't have out of any other movies because I've never been such a fan of um, maybe a series that have been watching as a movie but yeah of the cast i think that the two people that really stood out to me as giving fantastic performances were anya taylor joy as princess peach i thought her performance was fantastic and she just made the character incredibly charming and you just wanted you wanted to see her succeed which i thought was perfect for that character absolutely and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong was, again, <laughs> yep. also tremendously funny and endearing as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think this movie could have been like the Super Princess Peach movie too, mm-hmm. in some ways. If you like, move some scenes around because she was just an absolutely massive part of the story, which is great to see. It would have been a little bit weird how they set up the story with you know Bowser's intentions. If uh, Peach was just a, oh, I guess you have to find find me in the castle. Um, it sort of worked because she was such a strong character. She was the leader of you know the Toads at the Mushroom Kingdom. And it was cool to see her in that different light. You know, we have had a couple of RPG games from the Mario series where Peach has more involvement and maybe in Super Mario 3D World where you're able to play as Princess Peach. But a lot of the time, especially in the early um, Super Nintendo era where we are just going from castle to castle trying to find Princess Peach and at the end we get a bit of a a kiss on the cheek um, for a job well done and that's the character. It was nice to see like the major first outing just uh, absolutely fantastic showing just for you know a female character it was awesome on that sort of plot twist that they did i did like that they sort of shifted it away from okay peach has been kidnapped and now mario is just going like you said from castle to castle trying to find her i did like that they switched it and made a cast of characters rather than mario going along this journey and just sort of encountering sort of toad and donkey kong and Peach at the very end. Like we actually got to spend time with all these characters and get to know them a little bit more as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess Luigi fi- uh, filled that role for this movie, you know, got to go and save Luigi. And it's about the brotherly love, which I found was like really cool. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, typically Luigi gets the short end of the stick, just uh, being the coward, being the, the unpopular one. And Mario just sort of basking, <laughs> just basking the light. Just, yes, I am the chosen one. And even like some of the RPG games, they um, the writing team have a have an absolute ball with Luigi, just making him like the punching bag a lot of the time. Especially in, like uh, there's a game on the Game Boy Advance, um, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, where they they don't even say his name; they just refer him to like the Green Man and <laughs> the Tall Boy, and you know just just silly things like that, which is funny. Yeah, from from my memory, Luigi was always just like the secondary character that if you did like co-op or something in some of the games he was just like the guy that whoever your, your little brother or someone got to play as luigi and that was it yeah like in the, yeah, the first mario game just uh, it was just mario with green overalls and eventually became his own character but mm-hmm. i think um yeah charlie dave did an absolutely fantastic job as luigi and luigi was a highlight as well just really showing off some of the different sort of environments in the movie as well harkening back to the luigi mansion games where we saw the more spooky dark lands within the movie, seeing the dry bones chasing Luigi throughout the the environment, the shy guys kidnapping him and the interaction between Luigi and Bowser was really fun and interesting. So I think uh, Luigi brought like a, a lot of, a lot of love and heart to the movie too. Yeah. The whole Luigi storyline, I think that sort of left so much there as potential for like, I imagine this movie is going to be incredibly, incredibly successful and make, an insane amount of money. So I think that's left a lot of potential for perhaps the sequel to be a Luigi's Mansion like spin-off movie rather than just a, a straight continuation of the story. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think uh, yeah, Charlie Day said, it'll be great to have a Luigi's Mansion movie. And of course he would say that because that would be a nice paycheck if he could be the main character of his own movie and uh, keep, keep the franchise going. It'd be good uh, job security. But mm-hmm. apart from having good job security for Charlie Day, that would be awesome because uh, I think like when it comes to like Nintendo games, like Luigi's Mansion is probably 
the game that shows the most characteristics and sort of emotions from Luigi. Now, now we've got the movie. We've got like a lot of the character interactions between Mario and Luigi, Peach, Donkey Kong, and all of that. I think that was really cool. But uh, it would be cool to get a Luigi's Mansion movie. But if we don't, we still got like a, a nice moment in this movie where he's just scared shitless and <laughs> surrounded by hordes and hordes of enemies, which is cool. I think uh, what was really cool too is just as like character interactions, uh, the character interactions between like Mario and Donkey Kong. I thought that was really cool because they started off as enemies and in more like recent games, Donkey Kong's like a good character. You're playing as him in Donkey Kong Country playing as him in Mario Kart and all that. He's just become like a good guy. But in this, you know, they hate each other and they're having like the back and forth, which is really cool. Yeah, well, I guess in like Mario's sort of debut outing before he even became Mario, he was just kind of the player's character going up against Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was the main character in that game. So yeah, yeah. it is cool to sort of see that growth in them in this movie as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's just Seth Rogen, you know, we, we did get the uh, the laugh, which was good. <laughs> the Seth Rogen laugh mm-hmm. coming from Donkey Kong. So he did it that many times. Every time I did it, it got like a chuckle out of me in the theater. And uh, I, I was in, I was in the, the cinema. There was a, actually a school rocked up like with maybe like seven-year-old kids. And I was probably laughing at it more than they were. <laughs> so. It's like the, the one the one adult sitting in the theater with a, a whole school. Yeah, no, there was a few of us, but um, yeah, I was trying to be well-behaved, show them a big, good role model. <laughs> in terms of like my reaction to the movie overall, like I remember just sitting there watching this movie and just like I had the, this goofy smile on my face, like through the entirety of the movie, I just couldn't stop smiling, even though like, oh, yeah. like we mentioned, the, the plot is pretty thin once you sort of break it down, but just the like we said, the love letter to Nintendo, I was just constantly smiling at something happening on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you said about the plot. The plot is just very thin. And I, 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 like I said before, I could see somebody just watching it as a family film, just no association with Nintendo or video games or anything like that. And just watching it, there is no sort of side to it that an adult would enjoy if you're not a game fan or a Nintendo fan. Mm-hmm. which I could see maybe why the critics rated it like they did. They're just like, I'm watching this film and, you know, Bowser's doing his thing and they, you know, the plot progresses and the thing happens and that was sort of it. But for us, or, you know, even like people who are just mad on this stuff like I am and played every game and um, really enjoyed the series throughout the years, every like every little interaction on screen, like the music just mixes with it just so well. And you can like point out like, this is that moment in that game and you can see what's happening on screen. And that might only last for five seconds and you're on to the next thing where it, there's a certain power up on screen. It's from a very specific game in a very specific moment. And the music just kicks in for that. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. It's just like hearing all the music, the music was probably one of the highlights for the movie for me as a big Nintendo fan and Mario music's so iconic, not just the the main theme, but mm-hmm. everything from like Mario Galaxy, Mario Sunshine, Mario 64, it's all very distinct and noticeable. So when you're able to listen to it as you're watching the film, I think it's uh, just really, really special. I think that's why so many people are really enjoying it. Like on my Twitter timeline, everyone's like, oh my God, it's so good. But, um, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes score isn't necessarily reflecting that. Because it might not, you know, appeal to 
yeah, other people. But I'm I'm glad that that much love and attention went into those details instead of it being for nobody, where it might have just turned into a so-so family movie because uh, they weren't trying to appeal to you know the people that have been playing Mario for a long time. And it's sort of a it's sort of a bit of a tightrope, I guess, to to try and walk, make sure you're at least pleasing someone. But I think uh, for the most part, it's a it's a good family film, even if you haven't um, got that association. I think kids are going to love this because, like you said, it's super fast paced. It doesn't linger on anything for no, yeah, excessive amounts of time. It is just constantly rolling. There's always something happening, something bright and flashy to see. And with the music, I loved the the mixture of the classic Nintendo songs and music with like 80s rock and pop music as well. I thought that was a really... Yeah, that that was interesting. (laughs) Cool, like play on nostalgia without being like ridiculous. Yeah, no, it it felt a little bit strange in some ways, but I really enjoyed it. Like a lot of the songs I really liked anyway. So, but it's just so weird, um, I guess from somebody who's been playing the games, just when you hear like this, uh, like just very popular song, just playing to like Mario, but I really liked it. Yeah. And that was great. Just like, you know, the fast sections and when they're in like the go-karts and the music's kicking in, you're like, Oh yeah. Like it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And what did you think of the animation style? I thought it was fantastic. Like the amount of detail in even like the opening scene, when we get the close up of the, uh, was it like the, the penguin guys and we see like the individual feathers and stuff on them. I was like, wow, this is, they're going all out on this this movie. Yeah, I think uh, this was Illumination's biggest budget that they've ever put into one of their movies. So I guess it will make sense that it will look so good. But yeah, the movie looks absolutely amazing. And uh, apart from the initial sort of looks at like the characters where, you know, Mario and Luigi and Peach and that, they look, so, they look like a fair bit different to what you expect in the games. So that was a little bit jarring in some ways, but of course it grew over time. They look really cool. I, I like the way they look, how they're so small compared to a lot of the other characters as well. Once you actually see them in the in the movie, which is a, which is quite funny, like a play on, you know, eventually getting the power-ups and becoming bigger. Um, but yeah, the movie was absolutely gorgeous and is exactly what I wanted from a Mario movie, just seeing those environments just brought to life. Um, because typically on Nintendo hardware, you know, they... They run Nintendo games quite well, but they're, they're never like the power of like a PlayStation or an Xbox. So you're not going to see just the world's just brought to life just in these just real vibrant ways. So the movie just did it so well. You know, in the Mushroom Kingdom, you're seeing like all the toads doing their own thing. Just like constantly looking around for like Easter eggs, seeing what's going on. You could just see Easter eggs all over the screen as far as just callbacks of Nintendo games or other Mario games. Um it was uh, really nice, but absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I really liked it. Yeah, and you like you get the the really good lighting as well. Like you're getting the sun rays and the water effects. I thought it was so well done. Yeah, I'm looking at the mushrooms, and I'm like, you sort of just want to like just poke it. Like, yeah, they look they look squishy. Would your finger go into it? Is it is is it levery? Like you know <laughs> what what texture we're doing here, and all like the power ups Mario gets with like a. You know, this was in the trailer. So, you know, the, the cat suit, for example, you know, you just want to sort of pat him. Looks so furry in that. And watching the credits, I see there's like a there's like a dedicated team of three people for like, I forgot exactly what they call it, but it was like the fur, the f- development for the fur or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I can imagine not just three people going around every single 
frame of the movie, but all right, let's let's fluff this thing up. But uh, they did did a great job. It's all around. I can't praise the animation work enough. I thought that team did a phenomenal job. What did you think of the twist on Mario Two with playing off those power ups, needing to eat mushrooms, and him as an Italian man hating mushrooms? Yeah, no, that was funny because uh, I think yeah, <laughs> when you're going into a film. You're sort of just thinking like, all right, how are these going to work in a more, obviously not a realistic setting, but a more realistic setting where it isn't just going to be a mushroom sliding along the ground. You run into it, you just go bloop, bloop, bloop. Like we've got to have a bit of animation. Does he just sort of just just absorb it when he picks it up? Does he eat it? Does he whatever? But he does indeed eat it. And uh, it was funny that, yeah, they did play on the whole thing. Well, I don't like eating mushrooms. He's like, oh, I've got to eat this because I need to overcome this challenge and get the power from from it but yeah even like a, i don't know i'm not a big uh, fan of uh, mushrooms myself but if i could get that type of power from a mushroom i, I wouldn't, wouldn't have hesitated anywhere near the amount mario did in this movie i would have gulped it down and um ate it straight away i guess it's it's also a little bit strange how like they are normal human beings they're coming from brooklyn they're just like sucked into this world that they didn't know existed and that they're getting this power-ups it's very could be like drugs or steroids. I don't know. There's no hesitation there. I don't know what Mario's stance is on, <laughs> on, on drugs or anything like that. But it's obviously not, not too strong. You know, he's he's more than more than happy to do it when a nice, pretty blonde chick comes along. It's like, hey, take this, mate. It's like, All right. <laughs> yeah, he's like a kid just being handed a, a lolly on the street. Like, here, eat this. Like, okay. Yeah, I guess I, I don't like lollies, but I guess I'll try and eat it. <laughs> this this kind of proves that Mario's stance on performance enhancing drugs is yes yeah absolutely that's what it's uh who knows what the conversations are going to be in you know some political circles in the upcoming days or this this movie's bloody teaching our kids about this it's like well maybe who knows maybe it does need to be banned from from everybody under 25 um no i don't think so i think it's uh just a, a good amount of fun yeah i guess we could spin it to it's it's either promoting drug use <laughs> or it's promoting eating vegetables eat your vegetables yeah, eating vegetables will make you super, make you grow nice and strong. And that's what I got to tell my son when he's a little bit older. He doesn't, uh, no, he doesn't mind his vegetables, but he definitely prefers salty things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, what did you think of the way the movie sort of wove in the gameplay elements as well, in terms of like the platforming and using those power ups throughout to to overcome some challenges? Yeah, so sort of every single like animation, you can sort of like point to a particular game and just like obviously a mixture through through the music and the sound effects but like when mario's running he puts his arms sort of like by side and his hands back a little bit that's like a a run from mario world when you when you get a run up just before you're about to take off with the cape and um also in mario 3 and like the wall jumps you can see from mario 64 there's a lot of references for that you can see from the move set in Super Smash Brothers in the Donkey Kong scene where he's jumping around the rafters and he does like a, a punch down, which is anybody who's played Super Smash Brothers, that's his down spike, his side A, which you can see. Um, so even just like all the small things just in his movement, you can sort of point towards different games, which I think was really cool. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun just to be like, see like his um different moves that he's pulling off and you can see like how they're bringing this story to life in some ways because like Mario, especially in the early games, it is just like a platforming game. So how do you make this into like a, a movie that's going to take your attention for 90 minutes? 
but I think they did a great job. And uh, it was just another sort of way to put in the references for a big old man fan like me to sort of froth over in some ways. I loved in the, like very early on when we, we got the perspective shift and we went into the sort of side scrolling platforming as they were running through the city before they got to the warp pipe. As soon as that happened, I was like, okay, oh, yep. yeah. where this is, this is a faithful interpretation of the game. Yeah, it makes you like, oh, where's the controller? I've got to get my thumbs on the sticks before uh, something happens. But, oh, it's a movie. I, I, can, I can relax. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was really cool. Yeah, just like when that's happening, my eyes are just like just going around the screen. It's like, oh, you know, what's the name of that shop? Is that a reference? Is like, you know, what's going on here? Uh, yeah, no, that was really cool. It's definitely a movie I want to go and re-watch when it arrives at, at home so I can really focus in on moments. And if I need to go backwards and forwards, I can can do that that'll be such a fun experience as well yeah if uh if the first time i watched it was on blu-ray i would have just been pausing <laughs> just oh, wait a minute was that oh okay uh so maybe it's a good thing i watched it at the cinema but frame by framing it yeah i really want to go back to the movies and uh watch it there too just to see if i can pick up on anything else and it's just uh just to make most of it while it's in the cinemas just uh with like the big screen and all that because I think it's just such an attack on my senses. I think that's like the main thing I got out of the movie was just just like a love letter to Nintendo and the music and just the visuals. I just want to just take that in at the cinema again. Um, so we'll see if I get time though. <laughs> and I loved the the introduction of the warp pipe too, and the like you said the the faithful adaptation of the the music and the the noises and everything. I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Because there's been other uh, sort of ad- adaptations of video games that have just been, just completely missed the mark. I think um, like the more recent one would be like the Halo show would just like, Ugh. like I forgot who it was, but one of the um, leads on that series, like I never played the games. I don't care. I'm making my own thing. And they just, like, what are you thinking? Like, mm. <laughs> what? what are you doing? Like, and if someone was like like that in charge of the Mario film, it's like, look, we're not doing those silly sounds. It's like some of the most iconic sounds in entertainment. I think you might <laughs> might, might want to use them. So, yeah, I think it was a uh, very important that they like they used all of those uh, sound effects and that. And what you said about the war pipes, it was cool just to see what it looks like in the war pipes because uh, in three D land or oh, sorry three D world on the Wii U, we saw that. Um, they basically made all the warp pipes um, see-through. And we did see the see-through warp pipes in this movie. And that was, But before then, that was our closest sort of look at what the warp pipes are like when Mario's going through them. So this one where it's like he's going through a portal, essentially, just going through the, the time and space continuum just until he gets to the Mushroom Kingdom was interesting. But um, who knows? If you pick apart the lore too much, you probably go insane i think when it comes to mario i think you just take it as you as you see it <laughs> you mentioned there like the actors and stuff not having knowledge of the games i think that's i think that's fine if an actor doesn't necessarily play the games and sort of they don't want to influence oh yeah of course yeah their portrayal of a thing but the person heading up the adaptation i feel like they need to be a hardcore fan like like we saw with the last of us Bella Ramsey and uh, Pedro hadn't necessarily played the entirety of the games, but creators uh, Mazin and Druckmann, they were, they were like hardcore into it, obviously being the original creator and just a big fan. So I think as long as there is someone in charge that is directing it that way, it's fine. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I, if I said the actors, I apologize. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, like the writers and the producers or whoever, someone needs to be like, all right, this is the material we're coming from. And, uh, we've really got an audience who potentially will really enjoy this, like this product. So let's, uh, let's try and bring them in and also bring in a new audience of people that don't want to spend $300 on a video game system and 80 bucks on a brand new game. You know, there's a fair bit of buy-in when it comes to games, but when it comes to like a movie that looks interesting, you know, 20 bucks at the movies or um, $15 down the road on a Blu-ray, um, it's a lot more easier to buy into it and become a fan that way. So I think it is sort of important, but yeah, I think I think the Halo one was just yeah, so disappointing. So it's nice to see that, uh, that series that personally I care about more being Mario and The Last of Us. I'm, so, I'm just relieved they got a good treatment compared to some others out there. Yeah, like you, you already have this hardcore dedicated audience. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just I guess there's a there's a fair bit to um reinvent when it comes to Mario to make it to make it be like, all right, we need to make him talk, we need to do a bit more story, we need to do this and that. But as far as uh everything else goes, I think um it's a winning formula for a family movie. Uh, and then, so a few spoilers. So for people that haven't watched it, we're going to get into post-credit stuff now. And then I, I want to go through some of the Easter eggs. And I noticed a bunch, but I'm sure you noticed many, many more than me. So if you haven't seen the movie, now's the time to switch off. But if you are happy to hear spoilers, here we go. You might want to listen to them so you can recognize them in the movie when you watch it. <laughs> so in terms of the credit moments... What did you think of the Bowser singing mid-credit and then the Yoshi egg post-credit? Yeah, so yeah, the the one in the middle with uh, Bowser being doing his uh, piano medley and just then you see that he's small still and locked in the cage. I think it was funny, got a laugh out of people and people were, I, I was trying to watch it, were, the school at the time they were organising all the kids, getting them out. So I'm just sat in the cinema just watching a, watching Bowser just, you know, being picked up by the tail and chucked around or whatever. So, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. And uh, everybody left. It was just me and the cleaning lady in the cinema. And I'm sat there just, just because I'm listening to the music and, um, you know, I, I just want to just sort of look at all the names and see how many people are involved with the movie and seeing what's going on. I was just interested in that. And I had no idea there's going to be um, an end, end credit scene at the very end because the credits are very long and we already had a mm-hmm. post-credit scene. So I wasn't expecting another one. So we get to the very end and I'm sat in there, the lights are on and I'm like, oh shit, there's some more some more movie, all right. And I was literally the only one. Everybody else, everybody else left. And uh, yeah, it's just a uh, Yoshi egg and, you know, Yoshi goes, oh! and that's it. So... I guess they're like, all right, this movie will probably make enough money and that's a bit of a hint that the next Mario movie is going to involve Yoshi. So, I mean, you know, Yoshi is probably, if not my favourite Mario character. So that'd be great to see more of them in the movie. We did see um, Yoshi in the movie, like a Mm -hmm. big tribe of them, uh, sort of, you know, running when there's a bit of a montage of them going on their adventure, going through different environments. And that was really cool in some ways because that was a, a callback to Super Smash Brothers Melee in the opening sort of scene for that game. That's one of the um, one of the scenes for that. Just a big tribe of Yoshi just like just running. So that was really cool. So that was one of the moments for that. But there's no like real hint for it. It's not like a Marvel movie where they're like, all right, this is uh, the next phase. We're announcing the next movie necessarily. It's just 
a little bit of a tease, you know, we'll probably get more. I dare say this movie's going to make a fair bit of money. It would have been crazy if, I don't know, like to really go, oh my God, like if there was like a master sword just like oh. in like the middle of a forest or something, that would have been like, oh, 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 like what is happening here type of thing. But, you know, we, you know, there's going to be uh, a Yoshi Egg and Mario's going to ride him and they're going to use him to defeat, uh, I don't know, Wart from um, Mario 2. I don't know. Yeah, maybe like a Wario or something as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love to see Wario. I never even thought about Wario in the movie. That would be awesome, fully voiced and everything. We could do Mario and Luigi versus Wario and Waluigi. That would be an awesome movie. Yes, that is what I want to see, 100%. Just Because, uh, like, Waluigi, he never gets any love outside of the Mario sports games. He's never been like in a mainline Mario game. I would love. Th- I've always wanted an RPG where you play as Wario and Waluigi, similar to like Mario and Luigi in the RPG game. So that'd be really cool. But yeah, having those, what would what would Wario Wario would be like? Um, you could imagine like Spike from um from the movie, you know, being the antagonist at the start, you know, uh, with the Mario Brothers leaving his company, the Wrecking Crew to um you know do their own business you can imagine him becoming like the wario character being like that mm-hmm. that big buff sort of antagonist sort of for the next movie that'd be funny i don't know i don't know if at the end he had his redemption being like the coward and having the mario brothers save him i don't know if that was a, enough to you know make him on be on their side but yeah i don't know just had a bit of speculation when you said wario because that'd be that would be funny that would actually be pretty funny i'm just my brain's just sort of trying to figure out what it would sound like because to me he's just like <laughs> but uh that's about it that's all <laughs> that's all it, all it is i wouldn't be shocked to see a bunch more movies because like i said they left a lot on the table so we could either do a continuation and have mario and luigi and peach and their whole team fighting someone else or we could Spin it off and do Donkey Kong, spin it off and do Luigi's Mansion. Obviously, the, the post-credit suggests Yoshi's going to be involved at some point, so there's so much potential for future Nintendo movies. And like you said, I think a, a Zelda movie could be amazing as well. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you, Zelda actually has the story as well. Maybe we build towards that. Yeah, like I think a, a lot of people are like, what if we got a build up to like a super smash brothers movie, which is, you know, the equivalent to like the first Avengers movie where, you know, it was Iron Man, Hulk, et cetera, et cetera, building up to the first Avengers movie. What if we got a movie that was like an accomplishment of just all of these movies coming together as a Nintendo fan, that would be amazing, but it'd be hard to pull off as well. Like it does, does illumination have what it takes to just have the storytelling chops to bring it all together throughout these different series. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. And it'll be interesting for the next movie too. Will we see sort of a, a bit more story? You know, we got the sort of the hype and excitement of seeing Mario on the big screen. The next movie, you know, we'll have a few more expectations for the actual movie itself. And it won't just be, oh, look, there's Easter eggs. There's this, there's that. We'll, all right, now it's time to, <laughs> to like tell, us a, tell us a story with a bit more meat on the bone. Yeah, they can't just, they can't come back with another really thin plot they're gonna have to expand the world and the lore and give us something a bit more fully fleshed out 
Yeah, and may- maybe uh, they're just like, look, it's Yoshi. I'm like, oh, this movie's great. <laughs> I love Yoshi. <laughs> oh, there's a red one. <laughs> In terms of the Easter eggs, uh, the few, quite a few that I noticed was uh, the big one, the Charles Martinet cameo. I oh, thought yeah. that was so, so good. I'm so glad that he got to shine in this movie as well. Oh, yeah. And just how they did it as well. It was just so well done when it was like just the Mario Brothers putting on the accent for their ad that they're running just like, you know, with real poor green screen and, you know, it's just chucked together and they're very proud of it. And they're sort of working out, oh, was it a bit too much? Then the character, which is obviously playing off the original Mario being Jumpman from Donkey Kong, being like, no, this is perfect or, you know, whatever he said, I can't quite remember, but mm-hmm. I thought that was just really well done. And especially with like all the concerns going into the movie as well, which we discussed at the start of the show being like, Oh, look, is, uh, is Chris Pratt going to be just doing the Italian accent the whole time. And, uh, when the movie starts, like, Oh, is he? Oh Jesus. All right. <laughs> I guess he's doing it. But, uh, then straight away, it's like, no, no, that was, that was put on. That was a bit too much. And especially with like the actual voice of Mario being right there to, be a part of that joke it was just done so well and uh yeah i don't think that could have that was just a perfect start just to the movie itself just even having the super mario super show intro being like the ad as well being like we're the mario brothers i can't remember but (laughs) that was that was really cool as well as soon as i heard charles's voice i was like okay they're gonna be they're going all in this is going to be a very very faithful adaptation so i was that quelled a lot of my fears as well instantly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think uh, another one was just like all of the sort of, I guess, shout outs to previous um, NES games mm-hmm. um, with like the company that they left, like the Wrecking Crew. That was a, a Nintendo Entertainment System game. And uh, like the cafe was Punch-Out Cafe or... Punch-Out Pizza. Punch-Out Pizza, was it? Yeah, so that, that was cool. And there's another scene when like Mario gets upset, goes to his room, which was strange as well. Like he's going to his room. Like how old is this? How old is Mario? Is he? He's running his own plumbing business, but he still has his own room at home. Yeah, it's like oh well, you know, save money. Um, Brooklyn's probably expensive, I guess. So you gotta you gotta make it work. And family likes to keep you there to bully you. I guess I don't know. I don't know why you stay there with a, a dad who says you can't do shit. But mm-hmm. what, what are you gonna do? But he goes up to his room and plays Kid Icarus, which is another uh, Nintendo Entertainment System game, and one that I actually really like. So it was cool to see that there. Yeah, that was just, uh, is it, there's a bunch in there. Yeah, what are some more you have? I wrote down a list. <laughs> we get the mention of blowing into the antique cartridge in the Mushroom Kingdom, and I, I chuckled at that one because I remember those oh, yeah, NES really. days where you just had to pull it out and blow in the cartridge and suddenly it worked. Okay. Yeah, it's so strange because it's actually bad for the cartridges too, apparently. It's like you're putting moisture into it. That makes sense. Everyone did it though. So yeah, we're all responsible for it. Don't don't worry. I, I am too, but it works. So then we had when they tried to get into Princess Peach's castle the first time, we got the the classic, oh, the princess is in another castle line, which again made me laugh and smile. Mm. Like you said, we got the the herd of different colored Yoshis. Then when we had the Mario Kart moment, we had them using the drift boost. Like you said, the, the ground pound move as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, especially like the same, the Mario Kart aspect in the, in the games was, uh, or in the movie, sorry, was really cool. 
And uh, like the moment when they're, like, they're selecting their parts for their car, just like oh, you do in Mario yes. Kart 8 Deluxe, and it's got like, the music playing as well. That was uh, that was unreal. It's just like putting like simple menu music into the into the movie when they're like selecting the car. It's like just yeah, it takes you to just playing Mario Kart yourself. And the fact that they didn't just suddenly have a car like they they got to go through and select the different designs to get their their particular cart. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, and we got to see the the green shell and the blue shell, which I I loved as well. Yeah, the blue shell, the suicide bomber, bloody hell. <laughs> We got the the Tanuki suit Mario, which was very cool. Uh, we mentioned Punch Out Pizza. Uh, we had the mention of Jumpman as well, the original name for Mario before he became Mario. We got the remix of the the Star music, and another big one that I saw was in the the wedding scene. The wedding outfit that Bowser is wearing is the the wedding outfit from Mario Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> That was, a, that was the aspect of the movie I might have liked the least. It's just like Bowser's motivation for, you know, wanting to marry Princess Peach. I'm like, oh, this is weird. And I'm like, wait a minute. This was the storyline of Mario Odyssey, wasn't it? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's been a long time since I played it. I haven't played it for probably five years or so, like only a little bit after it came out. So that was a little bit a little bit strange. I think it's because it was like, you know, the fully voice acted sort of movie setting where it's like, oh, I want to marry... I want to marry peaches. Oh, peaches, peaches, peaches. I'm like, it's a little bit cringe. Like it, it made me cringe a little bit. It's probably my least favorite part of the movie, to be honest with you. But, you know, I'm able to disconnect enough to buy, you know, whatever, who cares? <laughs> but yeah, it's a little bit weird. Then as I was researching for this episode, there was a few others that were listed out. Like you mentioned, the rap was taken from the 1989 Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, Spike was the foreman in the Wrecking Crew game. Mario's ringtone was the startup sound of the GameCube. Mm, yeah. That one went over my head because I didn't have the GameCube. Yeah, I was waiting because it goes... I was waiting for the doom and it never happened. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, just like the, the bit that finishes the cherry on top. Yeah, yeah. It's like... It's just a... I guess it's a ringtone. doesn't doesn't end. It just needs to loop continuously so I can't do the, the end bit. And then as Mario was walking through the town, one of the shops in the background was called the Sunshine Travel Agency using the Super Mario Sunshine font. Okay, yep. I don't, I don't know if I got that one. I can't remember that one. There was a restaurant in Brooklyn called Chess or Canard, which translates to Duck Hunt. Okay, yep. You mentioned Mario playing Kid Icarus, but sitting on top of Mario's TV was a Star Fox Airwing model as well. Oh, cool. Yep. And then in, in the background, Mario's room is just filled with a bunch. In the background, there was the golf and tennis NES box art. Definitely a scene you want to pause it on, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Because there's just <laughs> Nintendo and Mario stuff everywhere. Yeah, because my eyes were just drawn to the TV when I was watching Pit just jump around the screen. I'm like, huh. So, yeah, I think I even missed the R-Wing. I don't know if I saw the R-Wing when I was watching that scene. And then we already mentioned the nods to Luigi's Mansion. And then there was the Luma character from Super Mario Galaxy who had a oh, yeah. much bigger part than I expected. Yeah. What did you think of that character? I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Just just a very matter-of-fact, very um, negative bringing everyone else down. Everyone's just like, oh, shut up. <laughs> like that type of thing. Like, 
we're already depressed enough. I thought it was absolutely hilarious every time it sort of uh, came on screen. It was a very dark character to insert oh, into yeah. a very kid-friendly movie up until that point. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of scenes like the Luigi's like the Luigi section with uh, he's been chased by the dry bones. It's like, oh, that's you can see that being pretty scary for a kid. And then like like I was like, we're all gonna die. It's like Jesus, <laughs> where did that come from? Overall, I thought it was fantastic though. And at the time of recording this episode, where only what day after release, so there's obviously no box mm-hmm. office yet, but they are projecting. $125 million across five days in the US and a further $100 million internationally. So there's no published budget for this as well. So that's an interesting thing. We might get that later. But yeah, at the moment, if they make $225 million in five days, I can almost assure people we will get a sequel. Oh, 100%. I think it's going to do well enough to get another movie, but... I, I don't follow like box office sales and that um, as closely as um, someone like yourself. So how, how would that compare to like other big movies? Is that like, oh, wow, this is a huge movie or is it just like a pretty medium, medium movie? Or I mean, it sounds like a lot of money to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain if I um, got a bit that much cash out of a movie I made. But <laughs> So Avengers Endgame made $357 million in its opening weekend. Okay, so yeah. And that's that's the all time record. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that is very good. The next two after that are Spider Man No Way Home at two hundred and sixty, and Avengers Infinity War at two hundred and fifty seven, and Star Wars Episode Seven two hundred and forty eight, and Episode Eight made two hundred and twenty. So it's in. If it makes two hundred and fifty, it'll be the fourth overall record holder. Wow. Okay, that puts it into perspective. If it if it gets there, yep. Up in Star Wars ranks, bloody hell. Yeah. So even if it only makes two hundred, it's in the top ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Even if it's like it just a hundred million, that's still pretty good. Then is it? A uh, hundred million would put it in the top one hundred, top seventy actually of all time. Yeah, and that's lowballing it quite a bit by the sounds of their projections. So okay. Well, anything over 150 puts it in the top 26, 25. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope it's, I hope it is successful. I hope it um sort of shows that other companies can put a bit of effort in and, you know, not just sort of jump on the trend of like, oh, video games, they're the hot thing. Let's, uh, let's adapt it to a movie. Like, you know, really show it some love and, you know, the fans of the, of the franchise will sort of come out, support it and tell their friends and, more people can jump on it that way because, yeah, I think it is showing that that is the way they go. You know, The Last of Us was just so well-received and so many more people jumped onto it and had subscriptions, and I think the Mario movie is the same way. So hopefully we see more from Nintendo and Sony and other companies, and we see a lot more of this because, yeah, I'm just so... so my heart's so warm just from yesterday. I think it was a very much-needed movie on my behalf just to sit there and enjoy it. It wasn't... Uh, the big sort of just uh, story that makes you think and think about what you've done in your life and it's no interstellar. It's, you know, it's just a nice mm-hmm. sit back and take in the senses and, you know, you'll feel better at the, at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, like, weekend, go to the movies, just eat some popcorn and 
enjoy your time and I think it'll work well for Nintendo. Like this is obviously like we've seen with every game adaptation. This is going to feed back into more game sales and my personal hope is that those poor critical responses don't sort of dampen the success of this. I hope it's those personal reactions to people like yourself and me watching this and coming out of it and raving about it from a personal fan perspective that encourage others to go, okay, well, fans seem to like it. I should go and check it out. When it, when it comes to like critic reviews too, it's always, always a little bit strange because uh, I feel like uh, the critics are always reviewing kids' movies as... Highbrow cinema? Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's hard for an adult to like sit there and like, all right, would, would a kid enjoy this? Because you can't really... You can think back to when you're a kid and what movies you enjoyed when you were five or ten or whatever milestone you're at. But it, it is sort of a strange thing. I mean, like, oh, look, you know, it just there was no story. There was none of this. But as far as just like, haha, there was a, you know, Donkey Kong did this. It was funny and Mario fell over here and the kids enjoy it. And that's kind of what it needs to be. Not, not to say that kids aren't smart and that they don't need any substance to their media. But I do find like a lot of um, things I enjoyed as a kid. You know, they didn't review that well just purely because, yeah, I think adults might have been a little bit out of touch in some ways, but, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I look back on it and I used to love, like, the Power Rangers shows and the Power Rangers movies and you go back and you look at those now and you're like, oh, these are so cheesy and not not good at all on a <laughs> film perspective, but they were entertaining and that's really all you want for – that's that's always my goal out of going to the cinemas. I just want to have fun and be entertained. Yes, there are movies where I want that elevated story, like The Whale. That's a movie that I want that elevated story in a bit more depth. But Mario, I knew what I was going in for and I thought it hit down the park. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've got different expectations for different movies and different stories that they can tell. So, you know, and like I said before, I'm, I'm the type of person that just goes into a movie and watches and goes, oh, that was fun. And uh, for the most part, don't think about it too much outside of that, but apart from, you know, some very specific movies where maybe Star Wars in particular, where I'm like, what did they do to the trilogy? What was that last <laughs> trilogy? What happened? <laughs> what, what did they, where did it go wrong? They broke that one. Yeah, I think so. Well, Jesus Christ, I could have done a better job and I know nothing <laughs> about anything, but Christ, what did you, I know that's different. That's a different podcast, isn't it? But yeah, for the, for the most part, I just sit there with my popcorn and eat my Coke. And I'm like, that was all right and walk out. So uh, in closing, if you were to give this movie a rating out of five, where would you fall for the Super Mario Brothers movie? All right. Very personal to me. You've heard me talk about it. I think uh, for me, it'd be like a four out of five. For some, for somebody like me who just like really loves Nintendo and games and uh, and Mario, obviously, in particular, I think this is... You, you're going to love the movie. A lot of people that you know listen to my show, The House of Mario, that have been talking in our Discord... Absolutely love the movie for all the same reasons that I'm talking about it now. Um, just absolutely fantastic. But I think it probably could be on a different scale just for your normal parent or kid who's just like, oh, look, I just want a fun time. I think a lot of the references and um, Easter eggs that I really enjoyed seeing and hearing and watching would just go over someone's head and you're just left with the story of this uh, turtle wanting to marry this princess and this normal dude has to save the mushroom kingdom it probably doesn't have that much on the bone for someone like that so it's probably maybe in an easy pass you could probably watch any other illumination movie and just you know to pass the time to be honest with you but 
I think if you want to, uh, you know, experience just the the Mario world, I think this movie is a, a great place to do that and enjoy that. And, um, you know, if you play a couple of games, maybe after watching the movie and you come back to it, you might have a different sort of opinion on the movie just from playing a game or two, which would uh, be pretty cool. If anybody watches the movie even decides to pick up a game, that would be really interesting to hear if there's any conversion from a brand new audience picking it up. But yeah, personally for me, just a four out of five, really enjoyed it. There probably isn't too much more that uh, I would have liked to see from it from the very first Nintendo movie, apart from just maybe be maybe a bit more compelling story, but it is an illumination movie. It is a kid's movie. So yeah, there was no expectations for, for that going into it. Just as long as I had my Coke and my popcorn and my Maltesers, that's what I needed. Yeah. See, I, I went into this with, very low expectations just because we've seen horrible adaptations before. But because of that, I I felt this absolutely hit it out of the park and nailed it. As long as you go in knowing that, it, yes, it is a Nintendo kids movie. It's not going to have this really strong, compelling story. It's going to be pretty surface level. But as a Nintendo fan, I thought it was fantastic with the reference and stuff. So I... I went a full on five for this one because I, I loved it. I walked out of that cinema five. just smiling like an idiot. I would have loved to just have a camera on myself whilst watching that movie because I would look like a fool the whole time. Yeah, just do a Super Mario Bros. movie reacts. Mm-hmm. No copyright, don't post the movie, but just you just sitting in the cinema just uh, uh, yeah. just looking like <laughs> Just idiot. for an hour and a half, just, just watch it on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way. I just... When it comes to like um doing five out of five, I, if I go over a four, I I really like I, I've got to like have like no problems with it if I'm going over four. Just personally, yep. I don't know if that's how that review scale works. No, that's fair. But yeah, just a fantastic movie. I hope it, I hope everyone enjoys it. If you haven't watched it yet, and uh, if you if you haven't, well, I guess we spoiled some things, but. I don't think there's too much to spoil. I think you sort of know where it's going to go, but it's just uh, the stuff along the way. Like, what are we going to see? What references would we have seen? But I don't think I don't think it, you can re- ruin it too much unless you actually see the clip. You know, somebody posting it on mm-hmm. Twitter or YouTube. And I think the trailers they probably spoiled the most. The trailer gave away a lot. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to see no trailers, and but you just can't help yourself, can you? It's like a brand new trailer. It's like, well, I don't want to see it. I want to see it in person. And there were actually a few things um, moved around in the trailers too. Then, like when you watch them in the movie, you're like, "Huh!" Like uh, when Mario goes, "Like what is this place?" Like he's not in the Mushroom Kingdom like he was in the trailer when he said that. So that was cool. Yeah. And I know they do that in movies quite a bit, but I've never paid that much attention to <laughs> the trailers. They are doing that a lot more recently. Yeah, yeah. I just I never pay that much attention to movie trailers apart from this one. Alrighty. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Drew on Twitter and YouTube at iDruby, and you can follow me on social media at Media and at Pario Magazine. Thank you so much for jumping on the show, Drew, and good luck with the House of Mario over the rest of this year. No, well, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure to jump on and uh, have a chat with you, Jamie. It's nice to meet you and hope everybody has a fantastic day and enjoy some movies and video games. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jamie Apps Media. 
The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.